those that have been with me um, to Israel this weekend, uh, you know, we we say all the time we don't celebrate Christmas or Easter because we do that every day of the year. Well, today's a day of the year, so we, we're celebrating. But I'm thankful for Jesus being born, and I'm thankful that Jesus died and that he rose again, and so I'm able to celebrate that every day of my life, not just today. But I'm thankful that you're here today. I honestly believe uh, we got delayed. Our flight got canceled last Friday as we were getting ready to head to the airport. Tried to, uh, is really all we got was an email that said, your flight's been canceled. Call the airlines. I got 21 people with me and trying to like, uh, get people home from Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, the Lord did it, but we obviously missed last Sunday. So it's been a couple of weeks that I haven't been here. But I think that he really wanted me to wait until today to be here on Easter Sunday with you. Matthew twenty-seven forty-five says this. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again, and with a loud voice gave up his spirit. Suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, and the rocks were split. We had a... a, when you go to Israel, you, you're required by law to have a tour guide from Israel. And we had a young man uh, who was very knowledgeable with the land, very wise in the history, and he's Jewish. And we're standing on the Temple Mount. We're standing on the Temple Mount, and I know this passage right here. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. And I looked at him and I said, Benjamin, what do you think about the curtain being torn in the temple? Well, we don't know that it was torn. You see, he's got the Old Testament. He's got the Old Testament. He doesn't have the New Testament. He he knows the New Testament. He can quote the New Testament. He read scriptures from the New Testament because he's a tour guide. Yet, there's nothing in Jewish history that says the curtain was torn. The tombs were also opened up, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. That had to have been weird. When the centurion, who was with them, this would be the Roman guard, who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they were terrified and said, truly this is, was the Son of God. 
this man was the Son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there, watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came, who him, who him himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So jo- Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean, fine linen, and placed it in his new tomb, which he had cut into the rock. He left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there, facing the tomb. The next day, which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. So give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people, He's been raised from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. They went and secured the tomb by setting a seal on the stone and placing the guards. Matthew 28 says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, this would be Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow and the guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. And the angel told the woman, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. That's like me saying relax to my wife. I don't know how they could not be afraid. Don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. For he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, They ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them. Can you imagine? Did he really really raise from the dead? And then Jesus met them on the road and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. I'm uh, blessed. We call ourselves the core four, Michelle and Corey and Chloe. Uh, I'm blessed with two incredible kids. Uh, But my one child has an incredible eye. And uh, I would like for you to see Israel this morning from the eye of my daughter.
darkest places I will call Incline your ear to me anew And hear my cry for mercy, Lord Were you to count my sinful ways How could I come before your throne Yet for forgiveness meets my gaze I stand redeemed by grace alone And I will
before my heart feels so weak Got this weight upon my chest and I can't stop forgetting My God, you've never left, you're right here with me Still I'm convinced you're hiding Oh God, would you remind me That you're still just as good as when I met you You're still just as kind Don't let me forget that you're still the same God Let me through the fire You're still the same God Separates the waters Come You've done this before, will you do it again? Cause the waves are all around me And it feels like I'm drowning My God, will you still reach down and give me your hand? See even when I'm doubting Your love, it still surrounds me, oh And you're still just as good So now it's my third time, this for real. The Eye of Chloe Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, uh, that was probably more a treat for those who went with me because they can identify every place in that video, whereas you probably struggling to know what was going on, but uh, they will never 
read the scripture again the same way. You never will. Um, one of my favorite times of the year is now it doesn't feel like spring uh, much when you wake up and it's 31 degrees outside. But uh, the beauty about spring is that stirring of new life that arises when the spring flowers start popping up out of the ground, the daffodils and, and everything else. And there's there's something in the human psyche that responds to new life. Just as the spring flowers imitate the winter is passing, the summer's around the corner, I believe that Jesus' rec- resurrection does the exact same thing. The major difference between the spring rising is that it keeps repeating itself. We keep having to go to summer and winter and things die again and then they raise again. Jesus did not die again. Nor will he ever die again. Jesus rose not to the same life uh, even as Lazarus did, we speak about resurrection and we know that Lazarus was resurrected. But uh, technically speaking, he wasn't resurrected as Jesus was. He was more revived because Lazarus was going to die again. He had not escaped death. So Jesus' resurrection, it's more than just that he was dead and now he's alive since this could be said about Lazarus, but to say that Jesus is now alive forever, it's a lot bigger deal. Jesus had risen from the dead and no one else had. Jesus had risen from the dead, but uh, apparently it was in no different way than it had been done before. The Romans still occupied Palestine. The poor were still poor. Israel was still downtrodden. And I sit here and I think about the resurrection of Jesus, and I think about there's like three different groups of people here in this room today at Pinhead's. There's those that are coming because it's Easter and they're just curious about what's going to be said here this morning. I'm assuming there may be some here that don't believe in a resurrection. And then I would think the majority of you here in this room believe in the word resurrection. Have you have you ever given a thought to the the idea of what separates you from the world? is that you believe in resurrection? Think about that for a second. The world doesn't necessarily believe in resurrection. They don't even think about it. But man, you better. I, I, I mean, we talk resurrection every Sunday in here. We meet on Sundays because it's resurrection day. It's the day that's recognized as the resurrection. We've almost worked our way through the history of the New Testament church in Acts, and Paul is imprisoned, and he's getting ready to be sent to Rome. We'll pick up there next week. 
But the whole idea that he's in prison is because he believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he's going around telling people about it. Belief, belief in uh, the resurrection, it's an act of rebellion against evil. It's an act of rebellion against evil and corruption and oppression and and that stuff can easily swamp us, so we cling, we cling to this thought, this idea of re- resurrection. I, I truly believe that believing in a resurrection can be the refusal to accept the world as it is. I don't have to, I don't have to succumb to what everybody else believes, whatever anybody else says on social media. What anybody says on the news uh, that Good Friday breakfast with Ron. Ron, where are you? You in here? What was can, what was the lady's name? The the MC. Uh, uh, what is it? You said it. She's on channel fifty nine. What's her name? Fanchin. Fanchin Stinger. That's it. Fanchin Stinger. It's close. You said it? I can't hear you back there. It's Stinger. You're saying Singer. Whatever it is. She was there at the Good Friday breakfast, and she's quit her job as a newscaster. She quit. She said, I'm tired of being the speaker for the evil one. She's saying, I don't have to live according to this world. I believe in a resurrection. I believe that there's life after death. I believe that there's more than what's going on here in a chaotic, fallen world. If you believe in resurrection, you are a stranger in this world. Believing in the resurrection can and should, I'm shoulding, but it's not that kind of should, but it, it can and should transform not only how you view the world, but how you live in it. It causes you to think differently. We naturally become people in whom others can see this new life and see a difference about them, and you think differently, and you walk differently, and you just are different. Jesus' resurrection points us to a new way of looking at the world. And and here here we go. I, I can't be here on a Sunday and not talk about identity, but the only way to escape our identity from Adam was by dying. You were born from the seed of Adam. And at some point you have to die to that. When Jesus died, he literally made a way of escaping our identity from Adam. It's simply by us believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah, he's the one that came to save the world, just our simple belief. And because of that, 
we're able to die to our old self, which we receive from Adam, and we become this new creation in Jesus Christ. That is our true identity. Our baptism marks that pattern of dying and raising. When you saw them being baptized right here, we say buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. You are a new... It wasn't the baptism saved them. It was the belief that saved them. And so now we're walking in this new life which is so unnatural to what we once were and to what the world is. You have to believe in the resurrection because you've been resurrected. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. I don't have the law hanging over me. I have this holy living God inside of me. And he's made me new, and I'm different. I am different than the world. Call me weird, call me strange, call me whatever you want, but I don't care. We talk about the identity of Christ every week right here in this room at Pinheads. Why is that so important? Because everything about who we are and what we think and what we do is now infected with Christ. And as a result, I I believe our lives are entirely transformed by that. You walk different, you look different, you smell different. But at the same time, there's evil in this world that wants to tell us a different story. It's writing this other narrative, and because of our flesh patterns in the past and because we listen to all that stuff and everything else, we keep getting beaten down with the idea that I'm not holy, that I'm not redeemed, that I'm not perfect. And so every week we come back here and we tell you the same thing. Hey, you're holy, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, you're a child of God. If you have to hear it a hundred million times, to my last living day, I will remind you over and over and over. Why? Because you need to hear it. And then, Matt, I totally agree with you that uh, resurrection's not complete without the ascension and Pentecost. The resurrection is important. The death and resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. If you think about it, like Jesus was buried and he rose again. He came back and he appeared to Mary and the disciples and everybody. And he actually healed people and he took care of people for this time that he was there on the earth. And if he would have stayed, if he would have stayed here and done that, the disciples would have just kicked back into their normal routine before he was crucified. Like, literally, there had to be an ascension. He had to leave this earth so that these men and women could 
get out there and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for them. And they could heal people and they could pray for people and they could change people's lives because of what he's done in their life. So the ascension was just as necessary as the resurrection. But then Pentecost, Pentecost was the time when we read in Acts chapter 2, when Jesus has ascended into heaven and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and part of the Trinity then comes to earth to live inside of you, the believer. (laughs) The Spirit comes to live inside of you, the believer. Happy Easter. And why does he do that? Because you couldn't do the stinking law. You couldn't do it. You tried. You tried. And you couldn't do it. He's like, ah, I got you. I come down here. I'm going to move inside of you. You're forgiven. Made you clean. I've perfected you. I've made you holy. And now I'm going to live inside of you. And if you just like would chill out for a minute, I'll do this life for you. Mm. I have to hear that myself. If I just chill out. I had rings made for everybody that went to Israel. It just says, be still in Hebrew. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, chill out. Your flight's canceled. Oh, chill out. I had it on. I'd just gotten it that day. but I know that I'm in warfare. And he's telling me I'm not good enough. You should have done better. And I don't believe it because that's just emotions and feelings that are messing with me and I have to know the truth. I'm, I'm filled with this Spirit and I'm able to comprehend what, what the Spirit has done for me and I understand the ascension and the Pentecost and how important it is. I finish with this thought here this morning. Some people understand that uh, living the resurrection to mean that we should constantly be happy Christians, cheerful, joyful, that everything's rosy. This is far from the experience of many people in this room. I'm looking at families that have lost loved ones. Just even recently. What this means is that we enter this hard times with our feet firmly planted on the rock, our souls anchored in the hope that Christ brings. We're going to fight this battle the rest of our days here on this earth. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we lack suffering. It just means that we have this compassionate Savior that walks with us. 
and he understands us because he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he sweat blood and he's about to give his life and he's sympathetic to my suffering, to your suffering. He understands. He's like, Lord, take this cup from me. I want out of this. I'm not giving up on what we committed to of going to the cross, but I want out of this. He said we were going to suffer. To believe in the resurrection is to believe that death is not powerful, that beyond despair there is hope. Paul puts it this way, Romans 8:37, no In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through all this death, through all this grief, through all that we're swimming through right now, we're more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus, thank you for your life. Thank you that you came here on earth, that you walked this earth, that you you were at the Temple Mount, you were at the Garden of Gethsemane, that you walked on the water in the Sea of Galilee, that you were real, that you were so real, and it's so evident This isn't just some fairy tale, Lord, that you walked here, you came in human form, and you suffered and died for us so that we could have life, and not only life, but life in you. And so today, um, we celebrate, we celebrate Easter, we celebrate our life in Christ. We celebrate Jesus. We can smile today in the midst of all that's going on around us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, The question I'm asked most upon my return is, one, how was Israel? But two, when's your next trip? I don't know. I don't know. But... uh,